What is up, guys? Uh, episode 16 of Fortitude Live, the podcast. I'm your host, Ian the Rhino, with uh, guest today, Davis Diley, um, ex-heavyweight strongman competitor. Um, I don't want to butcher your credentials, so <laughs> if you, if you want to go ahead and tell everybody what's up, um, give people your handle and stuff. I actually like doing that at the beginning of the episode okay, versus yeah. the end. But um, if you want to just dive right in to who you are, what you're about, and that sort of thing, where you come from... We'll get right into it. Yeah. Um, Davis Diley. My Instagram handle is Davis Diley. Davis.Diley. Um, pretty yeah. simple and straightforward. Yeah, pretty. <laughs> I wanted to keep it that way. I used yeah. to come up with something real complex back in the day, and mm. nobody knows who I was. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I'm an ex, I guess you could say, retired mm-hmm. heavyweight pro strongman. Mm. Well, you're definitely a little a little bit more trim than uh, <laughs> than 280, like you were saying the other day. 285 Fuck. with a gut that hung over my Damn. waistband. That was the worst part. It was probably good for a log cleater press, though. It was good. <laughs> I was walking around like Zadrunas half the time. Just, it was, dude, it was a completely different lifestyle. Yeah, I can um, imagine. But uh, the thing, I mean for what people may know me now for this. Mm. It's not anything what I was doing in the past. Sure. Um, you know, I was all about performance mm. and, you know, I was willing to get big and fat yeah. to do it. Yep. I was willing to do anything. Mm. And, uh, you know, you're strength athlete mm. and, you know, CrossFit athlete as well. And mm-hmm. pretty much all things conditioning and strength. Mm. And you understand what it's all about, that mindset, oh. how different it is. It's extremely different. Oh, it's not even close mm-hmm. to, to, something, to something like just trying to build muscle. Yep. Uh, and I, I remember, uh, I mean, I've done all kinds of things, and, you know, we'll get into that, mm-hmm. like the progression, the linear progression of my mm-hmm. history. But I remember when I first had to retire from CrossFit, because yep. I competed in CrossFit sure. after I did Strongman, I remember going back to bodybuilding and just being like, is is this it? Like, <laughs> what, I'm done now. Like, I didn't even get out of breath. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, Your work so, capacity didn't match what the training you're doing. It's like, oh well, I did my six exercises, my three or four sets for each, and like, yeah, I did the amount of stimulus that I needed to do, and I'm not like on the floor dying. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. No. <laughs> but it uh, it definitely my journey. I've got I've got quite a long journey yeah. because you know in 15 years of doing mm-hmm. weightlifting just committing mm-hmm. yourself to you know you're gonna have some stuff happen 100 percent. and uh, it doesn't always go the way that you think it'll go mm-hmm. but it's uh, it's it's a fun ride if you commit yourself to it yeah and as long as one of the things that i've learned is as long as no matter what phase you're going through if you commit yourself 100 percent to what you're doing mm-hmm. Even if you fail at it, like, I'll admit, like, from my original goals from, like, CrossFit, mm-hmm. I, I failed, mm-hmm. you know? It, it didn't achieve exactly what I was planning to initially, mm-hmm. but I look back on it, and I'm thankful for it because it helped mold me into where I am now. Sure. Without that, I'm not going to be where I am currently. Of course not. So, yeah, I mean, I guess what we want to get into my story of yeah. how everything went. Yeah, yeah, hundred okay. percent, man, hundred percent. Take us back to teenage Davis oh, wondering. Gosh, if the man, dude, I was a, I was a chunky little kid, man. You're, you're overweight. Yeah, well, I mean, okay. I wasn't happy with how I looked. I'll put it that way. I was skinny fat. Were you? <laughs> what, like a skateboarder? No, I was just like kind of. I don't know, like average fitness level. Like, yeah. I, I, I was one of those classic examples of like the, the like average maybe above average kids slightly that played sports mm-hmm. but then whenever the presidential fitness test came around <laughs> I remember it f- 
fucked me up. Yeah. And everybody, like, people made fun of me because, like, I couldn't, I, I got, like, all my friends were, like, naturally gifted athletes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was, like, you know, I wasn't, like, I wasn't, like, out of shape, mm-hmm. but I wasn't, like, that naturally lean kid with a six-pack that can do ten pull-ups just because. You couldn't do one, could you? I could do, like, three. Oh, I had zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. That was the pull-ups that were gotten, the thing that were getting me. Oh, dude, yeah. And dude. the mile run. Yeah. I could get a national fitness level. It was just that one thing. I was just... I got national the first year in fourth grade. Oh, did you? Yeah. And then I fucking trained for that shit. That was the most miserable. I remember, <laughs> I remember literally looking forward to the tests, all of them, mm-hmm. except the mile run. Oh, it sucks so I bad. literally would... Uh, I would dread it for a week before i was mm. like oh gosh i've got five days left four days left three <laughs> <laughs> and i was like gosh i was in the middle of it. i was like i hate freaking run yeah um but anyways yeah so um i was about 15 16 mm-hmm. when i wanted to start working out mm-hmm. and i remember you know i see guys with muscle and i was like i want to look like that you know yeah. and it may sound stupid i think everybody has that initial inspiration mm-hmm. where they see someone that they want to look like yeah. and they're like, and it gets them into it. Yeah. They're like, and then you're like, actually kind of dive into it a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Or at least that, that seed, that desire mm-hmm. is put there. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was watching pitch black with Vin Diesel. Okay. Oh man. I was like, that's, dude, pretty, that's pretty, pretty understandable. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I've never seen anybody with biceps or anything. I was yeah. just like, I want to look like that dude. Yeah. You know? And so, um, anyways, I started getting into working out through football and my uh, stepdad. Okay. Uh, he, you know, played football in the past and he was big into weightlifting. Mm. And looking back now, he actually gave me some really good information. Yeah, yeah. Really solid. I mean, we had a gym in our basement. I would bug him like, let's go down, let's go down and work out, work out. He's like, ah, all right, fine. <laughs> and Those uh, are good days. They, they are, man. I, I look back on them very fondly. Yeah. Very fondly. Do you ever um, do you ever wish you could just like go back and redo some of that like beginning journey? It's like it's almost it's almost like yeah. playing a video game and creating a new character. Yeah. Sometimes I wish I could like read re re uh, experience some of those like first PRs of like hitting two twenty five on bench and shit like that. Oh yeah, dude. My my chest was a trampoline for <laughs> for two twenty five the first time. I remember I remember the next couple of days afterwards I was like fucking bruised. Ugh, I'm having a hard time breathing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like you, performing CPR on yeah. myself with the barbell. So you guys are going and lifting in the basement and shit? Yep, going down there and that's when I started, you know, cranking music up. My my parents were like, turn it down, turn it down. And I can just crank it up. I think it was chameleon air riding dirty that was the song that i had playing back then oh yeah um and uh yeah so i was training for football to be you know strong and perform mm. and when i came down to florida because i was born in virginia mm-hmm. or, how, how big were you what was like your height and weight around um, this time? same height okay. uh five ten and a half five okay. eleven mm-hmm. you know right around there i'm like i always like to joke with people it's like they're like how tall are you i'm like I'm the height that everybody who says they're six feet tall is not quite six feet tall. That's how tall I am. Um, because if people met me in person, you're like, you're not quite six feet tall. Like, I know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, back then I was still same height, but I was about 175, 185 pounds okay. right around then. Um, and then when I came down to Florida, down to Boca Raton for uh, college at FAU, mm-hmm. I was uh, about 205 pounds. Okay. I gained some weight, you know, sure. 
uh, from lifting and, mm-hmm. and so forth. And at this point, I was taking it pretty seriously. Mm-hmm. And it came down to me, you know, I knew that I could play football. Mm-hmm. I knew that I could because I was yeah. a, a first team um, all district mm-hmm. uh, defensive end. Okay. Um, and I knew that, you know, I don't know how well I would have done. I think I could have done okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, it was definitely something where I was like, I didn't feel pulled in that direction anymore. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be responsible for my own success. Sure. You know, I didn't want to sit there and go, you have to go to this training. You have to do this. I was like, I can do it better. Mm-hmm. Like I can just educate myself mm-hmm. and I can formulate the best plan to get as big and as strong as I possibly can. Yeah. And then came the lack of motivation because mm-hmm. at some point, you reach a moment where you go, what am I doing this for? Mm. You know, you, you want to yeah. go and you want to feel fulfilled with what you're doing, but yeah. you come up against the why. Yeah. Well, without a goal, it's hard to structure what mm-hmm. you're doing in a, in a certain direction. You know? Exactly. And you that's crucial. Yeah. Like you can't, like if you're just, if you're just doing something to do it, then there's no progression. Cause what are you progressing towards? Exactly. You know, you just end up doing the same thing and there's no, there's no incentive. There's no need to, to increase load. There's no need to, you know, push a higher degree of intensity. There's no need to increase volume or change any of the variables because there's no point at which you have to do the best possible version. You know, if you're just lifting to lift for, health quote unquote, mm-hmm. then it's like every day you're going to do, go in and do three sets of 10 at bench at, you know, RPE six. Mm-hmm. And like, that'll keep you there. And you only have to do it for 30, 40 minutes to just maintain. Yep. That's but exactly it's like, right. you're going to like, that's going to, you're going to feel like not, there's going to be zero gratification from that. Exactly. And that's, that's the issue. You need that goal of mm-hmm. I'm going there. So therefore I'm going to push. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember feeling this lack of motive. I was so organized. I had mm-hmm. everything. I had my little. I still have it. My mm-hmm. original little binder mm-hmm. that had all of the benefits of taking protein. Mm-hmm. You know, every different kind of protein has a different rate of pro- of digestion because mm-hmm. I was so concerned back then with nutrient timing mm-hmm. and so forth. Mm-hmm. I didn't know everything that mm-hmm. I know now. But anyway, I took it very seriously. Sure. But I came up against the why. Mm. And I remember talking to my buddy. Like, why do all of this? Exa- why? <laughs> and I was talking to my buddy on Facebook Messenger back when that was a thing mm-hmm. that people really used. Sure. Um, I remember saying, like, he was my buddy, training him from football back in the day, mm-hmm. but he got into strongman. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking him, I remember going, hey, man, what, what's that sport you do called again? Mm-hmm. And he goes, strongman. I'm like, well, tell me about it. He told me about it, and he sent me a video of Derek Poundstone doing a log clean and press. Mm-hmm. And he sent me another video of Derek Poundstone, the Viper, which was his promotional, motivational strongman kind of music video, okay. you know, 10 minutes long or whatever. Mm. And I said, that's what I want to do. Cause yeah. I had sort of already kind of gotten close to the Vin Diesel original, like sure. body type, yeah, sort of, yeah, you know, yeah. muscle. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And luckily for me, FAU actually had a strongman club. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And we had a Slater log. We had everything that you could want. Mm -hmm. And I remember... That's not that common usually. No, it's very, very uncommon. But Mm -hmm. it was, it was, it was just very, uh, just, I don't know, happenstance. Just, we went that way. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start going out there and training. Mm -hmm. And I started trying to learn every single thing that I could learn about strongman. 
just everything. And the only thing that I knew to do was watch this guy, Derek Poundstone's videos. Mm -hmm. So I uh, tried to absorb every spare scrap of information about him because I knew mm -hmm. he's kind of a smaller, strong man. Mm -hmm. He's around my height. Okay. Uh, I, didn't, I don't know how tall uh, he is. So he's, uh, he's, he's, he's probably six feet tall. Okay. Like a true, true six feet, maybe yeah. a little bit taller. Yeah. Um, maybe six one. And he's pretty he, fucking wide, though. Yes, he is wider than me, okay. for sure. Yeah. Uh, just from a bone structure standpoint. Yeah. Um, but um, regardless, he was the small guy. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you know, at three hundred and thirty pounds or mm -hmm. forty pounds, yeah. lean. Yeah. He was the small one. There. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I said, okay, I'm going there. That's what I'm doing, and I don't care what it takes. Mm -hmm. So I started deadlifting and doing all this kind of stuff in my training, mm -hmm. and it was working. Mm -hmm. I found that I was actually gifted at deadlifting from a very, very early on okay. standpoint. Okay. Uh, and I remember the first time that I deadlifted, I hit, I just finished squats. Sure. <laughs> You're going to laugh at this. <laughs> I just finished squats and I still had my knee wraps on <laughs> and i was deadlifting with my knees wrapped i didn't know like wrapped wrap or yeah something? yeah no wrap. <laughs> wrap now not like cutting off blood circulation yeah, but i yeah, knew yeah. like oh powerlifting you, yeah. you gotta have these on you know yeah. you gotta support the knees yeah <laughs> and i deadlifted 405 uh -huh. um for 10 or 12 reps okay touch and go yeah what and was your squat what was that relative to your squat oh man my squat was never nearly as good but um I can't, I don't even remember. It might, it yeah. might've been like four Oh five for a couple okay. reps then. Sure. Okay. I, I don't really remember. Squatting yeah. was never a very big part. Yeah. I remember my progression of deadlifting uh -huh. because it was my baby Yeah. and it was super important. It like meant something. Yeah. yeah, it did. Um, but squatting for me was more of an accessory movement sure. that I just did what I had to do in order to build some muscle. Yeah. You we don't, we don't have to do it in strongman. Yeah, you weren't really. necessarily pushing it or tracking it. Exactly. Or, yeah. sure. Um, so it just kind of went up and I remember some of my bests and so forth, but um, I deadlifted the 405 for like 10 to 12 mm -hmm. and then I did 455 or something like that for like eight. Okay. And I was like, I can do this, Yeah, you know? And, um, from then I just, I remember trying to mimic his training and I pushed myself literally as hard as a human being could push themselves because I don't know what your journey is mm -hmm. or what you're doing, but most people in strength training are a lot in bodybuilding as well they go through a breakup or something like that where mm -hmm. you're in a dark place and mm -hmm. you've got to get these emotions out of you mm -hmm. and putting it into a heavy weight mm -hmm. and just gritting through it to the point where at the end of a session mm -hmm. you have nothing left. Yeah. That's, that's the best. Yeah. That's what mm -hmm. it takes. That's, those are the best sessions that you will ever have. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I think, um, I think I can probably, say you know i think for a lot of athletes that's uh there's a very fine line to walk there because mm -hmm. when we're young like mm -hmm. i that was me that was me training from 12 to God, like a year ago oh wow so you, you were training really young yeah i started training when i was 11 sneaking into the gym Good gosh man that's wild <laughs> and i did a i did the same i did the same exact machine circuit yeah i didn't even know what free weights were like that was the area that i like wasn't allowed to go over because yeah. all the guys were really right. big i was 11 you know yeah i was probably like 120 130 pounds and i mm -hmm. did the same machine circuit the same fucking thing three times a week for an entire year <laughs> 
good gosh. <laughs> but I didn't mind it. Like no. I, I just ever so slowly I would move the pin further down and yeah, further like, down. Let me see how this one goes. Yeah, yeah. And, but like, um, but yeah, like that. That I, all I knew was intensity. It was just like you go as hard as you can mm-hmm. every session, and like when you're young, you can handle that. Yeah, and it's like it's so awesome because like you get used to that and it like that becomes that thing you look forward to every day because like I would leave school pissed off about something Mm -hmm. and, and I would be like, Oh, just wait, I'm going to fucking kill it today, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, and then like, you know, as you get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger, like when, when your max is like two, three, 400 pounds, you know, and your percentages are a percent of that, you know, Mm -hmm. you can push that intensity and it's okay and it's awesome and you're growing and you're getting stronger and you're progressing and it like it helps you mm-hmm. and then but once you get really strong like once you get like five six seven eight hundred pounds kind of strong if you push that intensity it's dangerous you'll break yeah it yourself. is i got some stories about that as well <laughs> we'll get to that but the the interesting thing is that like i think people who are able to push that kind of intensity are the minority and not the majority. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember, you know, for me, it was like about 400, like 405, four wheels on either side. Right. That was the weight that, that was enough weight to where it was heavy, like pretty heavy, but also you could push 10, 20 plus reps on it, depending Mm -hmm. on what lift you were doing. Mm -hmm. And you could like the, the intersection between like the amount of like the, like hitting muscular failure and the intensity and your heart rate. Mm -hmm. It was like, that was kind of like that perfect weight that you could just go insane on, on squats or deadlifts and jack your heart rate up to like 200 beats a minute. And you're like blacking out kind of thing. Like Mm -hmm. I remember, I remember for me, like, I knew I was pushing crazy intensity when I, I used to get exertion headaches. Yeah. Um, have you ever had any, had that happen? I surely have. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> where, where, and I think I'm pretty confident it's just a, a really large increase in intracranial pressure, blood mm-hmm. pressure. Like, and I would, I would be breathing also. I wasn't bracing the whole time, but mm-hmm. like I would do like normal squats, hack squats and deadlifts. Those were the, like the three things that would right. happen on. And towards the, like the end of the set, like, you know, around the end of the set, whatever, however many reps I was in, mm-hmm. if you're just refuse to quit and you keep saying one more rep, yep. one more rep, one more rep, and you're like shaking and quaking, but you can keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Then you, I would get like a booming sensation in the back of my head that would kind of come on. And the first time it happened, it, it like, it's scary. It's scary, man. It and I got, I got a little bit, um, I got a little dizzy. Like I, I got mm-hmm. dizzy. I got shaky. I got a little pale mm-hmm. and I went in the bathroom and I like had to like go get some candy out yeah. of a vending machine or a Gatorade. And I had to like, I like, I don't know if I'd say I collapsed, but I literally like sat down on the floor in like the handicap stall because I was like really pale and lightheaded yeah. when it happened. Right. And it took about a week of like not elevating my heart rate because like if I were to do something that like elevated my heart rate a little bit, like I skateboarded a little bit at the time, mm-hmm. if I tried to go out skateboarding, and, like it kind of brings my, you back. Yeah, it, I would feel it coming back on, yeah. and I'm like shit. Like you know, it hasn't happened in a while. The last time it happened. I mean, I haven't pushed myself that hard in a while, but like the last time it happened was probably when I was doing like a, like a squat AMRAP, which hasn't mm-hmm. been for a few years. Like yeah. I haven't tried to do that for a few years. Yeah. Something like that only happens when you are absolutely pushing yourself 
maximal, beyond being yeah, maximally and maximal physical limits. It is, and it's it's something it's learned. Yeah, it's something that you learn how to do. Yeah, most people you can't just go and do that. No, like, you can't. You, yeah. you can't. And it's all driven by the meaning. Mm. The meaning behind it is mm. what drives that mm. kind of a of a performance in a mm. training session. Mm. And uh, it's 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 that combined with loving it at mm-hmm. the same time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for me, like when I was telling you about, like mm-hmm. when I started to get stronger, mm-hmm. I realized that I had the potential, mm-hmm. and I felt the opportunity at my fingertips. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm young. Yeah. I've got the gift for mm-hmm. it. I can do this. And you're progressing, so you're you're being re- your hard work is rewarding yes, you. So you're absolutely. feeling you're feeling the translation of your effort into your success to the point where I literally could not fall asleep the night before my deadlift day. Mm-hmm. Thursday was always my deadlift day, mm-hmm. always. And because that's what Derek Poundstone did in his sure. training. It was yeah. deadlift day on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wednesday night, I was like, I got to get to sleep. Gotta, I'm so excited. I can't mm-hmm. wait to get to the gym tomorrow just to, mm-hmm. to see how much stronger I am. Because I was mm-hmm. in the beginner noob phase game. Yeah, yeah. You know, You're at throwing point. on 20 more, 30 more, 40 oh, more man, pounds. Every... Such a good point mm-hmm. uh, of, of your career when you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I... I begin really getting strong mm-hmm. and after about a year into it a uh, year and a half i'd say i how old were you i was 21 okay. 20 21 in this okay. time frame sure and uh i remember going okay you know i'd worked my deadlift up to 715 for four mm-hmm. touch and go uh which is very different i learned later than replicating repetitions <laughs> by pausing on the floor completely sure. different <laughs> If I could pick up a weight one time, I could do it for four reps. Yeah. Five, you know, that's yeah. just the way that it is. Sure. But by training that way mm-hmm. for so long of just time under tension, pumping out volume, mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. I built a significant amount of muscle in mm-hmm. my posterior chain and everything. Mm-hmm. So it, it helped. It actually, looking back, was largely what I should have been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps you overload more. Oh yeah, it does. And it just, it just, you know, you're in that phase. If you're going to try to be the strongest person in the world, mm-hmm. which was my goal, that's you, what I wanted to do. You needed to have years doing work with time under tension you to did. like alter your structure. Exactly. Just, just all things considered, it was just what I needed to be doing. Yeah. Anyway, so there was a competition. It was going to be my first one. Uh-huh. And it was uh, it was called Bros versus Pros. Okay. And it was. I think I've heard of that. Yeah, it used to be put on by RX Muscle. Yeah. Uh, with Dave Palumbo yeah. and those guys. Um, and they were going to do it at Derek Poundstone's gym. He was the reigning champion. How many times can you deadlift 405 pounds? Mm-hmm. Just go. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm pretty good. I don't do this. <laughs> so I went and I competed and I, I banged out 32 repetitions. Oh, yeah. Um, and I reached that. That was the first. Uh, time that I ever really had to battle my anaerobic threshold, yeah. you know, the point where I'm, I'm just so full of lactate, actually. Like your, just, your heart rate, like you were kind of battling between, am I going to hit muscular failure or heart rate failure? <laughs> well, I didn't know at the time. I just knew, just go, dang it, just yeah. freaking keep going. Yeah. Knowing what I know now, I would have done a lot more, you know, conditioning type stuff, but I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, like he, two, three minute window kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, just stuff where you're mm-hmm. just, you know, just... Mm. peeing yourself afterwards you can't even breathe you Mm. know look look forward sure okay uh and so he got 34 repetitions he got second place and then another guy got first but Mm -hmm. anyways this was the point this was the point in my career where i was 
setting myself up to make the big push. Mm -hmm. And that for me was, I knew what I had to do. Mm -hmm. I was going to end up running cycles of steroids mm -hmm. and I, I purchased them. Mm -hmm. I was, I had it all planned out. Mm -hmm. This is when I want, I wanted to almost like a setting up a golf ball mm -hmm. on a tee, getting ready to drive it. I mm -hmm. wanted to, I always wanted that perfect moment where mm -hmm. I was like, okay, all the variables and factors that aligned everything, my, my habits, mm -hmm. everything's perfect. My mm -hmm. sleep, my mm -hmm. diet that I obsessed over yep. everything, my training, mm -hmm. I wanted everything perfect. Mm -hmm. And I wanted that ready, set, go moment. Mm -hmm. So I was planning two weeks mm -hmm. to start. Mm -hmm. And I um, went into the gym five days later because mm -hmm. it, it was Thursday. This competition was on mm -hmm. you know, Saturday. Mm -hmm. And I had just done all these deadlifts. And I'm walking to the gym and I'm like, I'm not that sore. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling pretty dang good. And, mm -hmm. You know, deadlifts got to be lifted off the ground. Mm -hmm. And I loaded up the weight. I'm like, well, screw it. I'll take 675 to failure because that's what I would have done. I'm feeling <laughs> feeling pretty good right five, now. Five days <laughs> after 30 reps at four. Probably <laughs> arguably the most volume that I've ever done in any day in oh my life. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. You needed like three weeks off. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we can say. That's what we can say now looking yep. back mm -hmm. versus like us then. It's like normal. Yep. And uh, so uh, I, I lifted 675 up off the ground, and mm -hmm. I did it for a couple repetitions. And I'm like, in my head, I literally, I remember thinking it. I had it up, and I'm going, okay, one more. So I go down, I tap the ground, and halfway up, I just felt something slip. Oh, no. In my lower back. Fuck. And I remember finishing the repetition. I'm like, I was like, ooh, that's odd. Yeah. And I finished the rep, and I was like, okay. I'm going to put this down now. So I put it down. And then this overwhelming pain. It felt like lightning. It struck my back. Oh. And I remember just going, almost collapsing, like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. I remember, it's like supporting myself on the uh, the rack and just like, okay, this is bad. Yeah. I don't know what to do. I'm mm -hmm. going to try to clean this weight up. Mm -hmm. it took me like a half hour to do it. And I was mm -hmm. trying to pretend. Like nothing to, was wrong. Yeah, I was trying to pretend like nothing was wrong. Like, you didn't want anyone to see. Yeah, because I mean, you're, I'm making a scene as yeah. it is. Like, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, you got all that weight on the bar. Yeah, and I remember everybody just kind of looking over, and I was because like, that's that's making people stare by itself. Because anything over three plates in a gym is pretty making people stare. Yeah. I mean, if you're able to sit on the deadlift weight that you have as a yeah. seat, yeah, you know, you're 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 drawing some eyeballs to you. Yeah, and um, so, anyways, I cleaned it up. And uh, so my plan was pretty much ruined at that mm -hmm. point. And I... Um, what, what, in those initial moments, that week after, like, mm -hmm. what is that, what is that like? What thought process oh, do you it was, go through? I mean, dude, it, 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 it broke me. Yeah. I mean, it was mentally, it was, I mean, that's who I was. Yeah. I mean, there was nothing else that I identified more with than 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 Doing achieving yeah. my goal sure and now that it was taken away at that point mm -hmm. it, it it ruined me mm -hmm. and i had to i again i had to sort of rely on what information that i had and mm -hmm. you know i looked Derek poundstone actually had the exact same thing happen to him mm -hmm. so and he was like okay he he got better mm -hmm. so i'll be able to get better mm -hmm. and so i 
used that as a model and I basically just stopped all deadlift. I just bodybuild for mm-hmm. a year and I went from, at this point I was like 260, mm-hmm. you know, I was fat-ish, sure. fat-ish. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. a fatter version of myself that mm-hmm. comes later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I lost the weight. I got down to 230, uh, which looking back was probably the best thing I could have done to take some extra load off my spine Yeah, uh, just throughout the day. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I kind of pulled back in and I just did bodybuilding things that I knew that weren't going to cause me pain. Mm. What, what specifically, like, did you, were you just, did you try to, did you do any spot? Did you do any barbell work? Zero. Just pure machines and Um, stuff? Well, I did dumbbells. I didn't, didn't do legs. Leg day was done. Yeah. I didn't even do extensions. I did Mm -hmm. nothing. My lower body shrank to Mm -hmm. whatever it did. I didn't care. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to lift, look good. Mm -hmm. And I just knew I didn't have any of the information that I have now on, mm-hmm. you know, McGill and so forth. And, yeah. uh, you know, so back then I just didn't do anything mm-hmm. and it, and it worked out fine. Mm-hmm. It ended up being okay. Mm-hmm. What was but your like time frame from like doing I that to feeling better? Uh, two years. Okay. Two years. I will say comfortably two years to get back pretty much to mm-hmm. the point where I was. Mm-hmm. So that's what ended up happening with me is I had all this stuff and I was like, okay, what I'm going to do. I kept all the, you know, the testosterone that I had purchased. I even mm-hmm. remember I had a, got it from a guy at the, uh, at the gym. Mm-hmm. It were these little bear, uh, you know, uh, company. I was like, oh, bear aspirin. Oh, that's, that's trustworthy. <laughs> I, I kept them. I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep these damn things and I'm going to keep them over here. And I'm not going to use them until I feel like I'm at least where I was yeah. because that was the ready, set, go position yeah. that I, and I wanted to match it. You set yourself up for success. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, two years kind of go by mm-hmm. and I started to heal mm-hmm. and I started to kind of try deadlifting again. I would try to get back into it and it wouldn't feel great. And so I'd back off even longer, but eventually I started to get back close to where I was, where mm-hmm. my back didn't bug me Did, actively. Yeah. So you just, you're, you just slowly felt like better slope, like bit by bit and every couple of weeks or every month or so, however often you would mm-hmm. maybe do something, you'd be like, Hey, like that doesn't hurt like yep. how it used to. And mm-hmm. that was just kind of how it was until like you started to try some deadlifts and yes, like maybe you felt good bending over with your body weight, mm-hmm. but then maybe picking a weight up didn't feel good. And so you'd mm-hmm. stop for a little while and exactly right mm-hmm. it, it was just it was just a give and take kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, but i will say that once i was able to deadlift without active pain like pain mm-hmm. and discomfort in the middle of my deadlifting session mm-hmm. that's when i knew like okay you're you're making a comeback here mm-hmm. and that was the point at which i met my strongman crew okay. my friends mm-hmm. um a guy named heath allison mm-hmm. he's a the he was at the time one of the only professional heavyweight strongmen down here in South Florida, okay. and I started training with him, and uh, I was able to get back to where I was pretty close, mm-hmm. but I wasn't quite getting to where I was before. I I had a seven fifteen pound deadlift back then. I got to seven hundred, okay. and I'm like, why am I not? Per- like I just hit a wall. It was the first plateau I'd ever dealt with in my life. Yeah. I mean, it was just go town from mm-hmm. the, you know from when I started. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so do you seven, think, do you think you were training more conservatively because of your back? Potentially, but I also had started doing West side barbell. Mm. And so the specificity aspect of it went in the toilet and that's, you know, you're I mean, doing a lot more accessory. Oh, work. I was doing so much stuff. I mean, because 
I totally bought into every single aspect of it mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, the Derek Poundstone style of training served me well, but mm-hmm. I was kind of winging it. I was just doing what I thought I knew mm-hmm. was right. And then the West Side Barbell style of training was the first time I was ever introduced to an actual structure of training that had, that had rhyme and reason. Oh, you do this because X, Y, Z. Oh, yeah. you do. Because I was always the guy before then was, how many sets and reps are you supposed to do? How long are you supposed to rest? Looking back, I actually was pretty great with mm-hmm. that. I didn't even know it. I was just doing what was natural to me. Mm-hmm. But this was the first time that I was introduced to the structure. And mm-hmm. so I bought in. Like you 100%. do this and you do no more and no less kind of. Yes. And, um, and I, 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 so I was meticulous with it. As I was with every single, every single thing else that I ever did in my training, I was so meticulous with it mm-hmm. that I wanted, because you know my dream was on the line here. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to make sure everything was perfect. Perfect. My diet, my training, my sets mm-hmm. and reps. So I studied it as much as I could. I watched so many Louis Simmons videos that I mm-hmm. mean, it, it, I started talking like Louis Simmons. Like, hey, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so it, it, it got me to that point and I, and I hit that wall. Uh-huh. So it kind of helped bring me back to yep. an extent, but I hit the wall. So I started talking to this guy and I'm like, okay, look, I want to get back to 715 at least. And then I'm going to make that push. Mm-hmm. So I started talking to one of my friends um, at, F, at the FAU Strength Lab. Mm-hmm. The FAU Strength Lab is where uh, Dr. Michael Zordos does a lot of his research, and he's one of the smarter individuals in the powerlifting world. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a great mind. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody agrees with 100% everything that he says, but that's okay. It was the next introduction to training structure that I had, and it was literally the complete opposite end of the spectrum mm-hmm. compared to Westside Barbell style of training. Mm-hmm. Westside Barbell, very nonspecific. Dr. Michael Zordos, daily undulating periodization, as specific as specific can be. Mm-hmm. You do these movements, squat, bench, deadlift, three days per week if you want to get good at them and mm-hmm. progress. And so I started doing it. I developed uh, this program with my friend who was basically his protege, Dr. Zordos' protege. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started deadlifting three days a week, going down from one to three days a week. Three, I'll tell, I don't care. I mean, I'm not giving any secrets away here anymore. Mm-hmm. Just be honest. It was three, day, three days a week. Day one, three sets of five. Day two, three sets of three. Day three, three to four sets of one. And you're progressing up in weight throughout those days. So mm-hmm. obviously the three sets of five. And then you go back down... Yeah. Same thing with squat and bench. Run through it. Well, I didn't really do. Uh, I, I adapted it for strongman. Okay. So I was doing overhead press. Okay. Um, and deadlift, and uh, yeah, the, the the pretty much just overhead press and deadlift. Okay. So I was doing something that nobody else was doing. Nobody in the strongman world at that point had done DUP. Like yeah. it just it it was you know strongman's usually kind of one of the last groups of people to get in on the sciencey aspect of it powerlifting you know sort of they're the first kind of people powerlifting mm-hmm. in the high high ends of crossfit for conditioning but as mm-hmm. far as strength training goes mm-hmm. powerlifters they, they learn it first they're sure. doing because it's a very specific sport you yeah. just it, there's there's an end line of what needs to be done mm-hmm. so therefore you can develop um uh what am i thinking um 
studies. You yeah. can do studies, mm -hmm. okay, and, and have it's an end easy goal to of what measure. you're comparing to. Yeah, yes. it's very easy to measure. So I'm sitting here doing this thing from the power lifter guys, mm -hmm. you know. Applying it to strong men. And my deadlift started blowing up again, mm -hmm. and as well as my overhead press did. And I went from 700 pounds in the span of like six weeks to 730 pounds. Oh, hell yeah. Yes. So I thought, I'm on to something here. Mm. So I uh, ran with it. I would train in uh, four-week blocks, three weeks of hardcore training, doing what I said. So that's mm. three, six, nine deadlifting sessions and mm. overhead pressing sessions then, before I take a back off week. Uh, and I would just do it over and over and over and over again. And at this point, I was getting fatter and fatter <laughs> and fatter the whole way up. Your intensity is very high and your volume is very low. Yes. And I mean, the, your recovery is probably good because of that. Oh, dude. And you're, you know, I mean, dude, I'm training three days a week. Mm -hmm. I mean, the best strength gains that I ever had, I was literally training three days a week yeah. and you're training so hard. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard that you, I, you need those days off. Mm -hmm. You have to have them. Mm -hmm. And, um, it, uh, you know, you just feel like a worthless slob the other days, mm -hmm. you know, would I'm, you, would you, so you're doing two exercises each day where you're doing any accessory? Uh, I mean, I would it, like it, a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like some hamstring. Yeah, exactly. And I would on occasion, I'd have like a fourth day where I'd call it my accessory day and I'd go mm -hmm. and do some chest and back because at this point, it wasn't really about me building muscle, mm -hmm. you know, because I was, I'd pretty much had mostly the amount of muscle that my frame could hold. Yeah, you're like, it's pretty hard to get more on me than I Yeah, but I didn't really know that. But regardless, my goal was just to perform at this point. Mm. So that's how I trained for competitions. Mm -hmm. So I was competing in strongman. I was still getting stronger. So I didn't see the need yet to actually do any cycles of anything. So I was like, mm -hmm. well, I'm just going to go because I kept moving the goalpost back. Mm -hmm. I was mm -hmm. like, okay. I want to get to the point where I know that I need them because if I'm getting stronger mm -hmm. like I am right now, there's mm -hmm. no need. And I was a ball hair away, mm -hmm. a ball hair <laughs> from getting my pro card <laughs> at that point. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to get my pro card. Uh -huh. So I would train for these, ver these competitions mm -hmm. differently than anybody. Mm -hmm. I would do the exact movements that were in that competition several days a week. Most people, they would train normally in the gym, and then they would have one day a week that they were, they were practicing. Mm -hmm. For me, my training every day was my practice. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, all of these individual things that are random in strongman competitions are a skill. Mm -hmm. And you have got to get good at them. I, I liken it to, like, throwing a football. Yeah, of course. If you want to throw a football, you don't just go out. Peyton Manning didn't go out and throw a football mm -hmm. once a week. Yeah. You know, he was going out there and doing it every single mm -hmm. chance he got. So I, my goal was to build all this strength in the offseason, maintain it during a prep mm -hmm. for a competition, maybe 10, 12 weeks or yep. so, and then just focus on the movements that I needed to master. So by mm -hmm. the time competition came around, I had done more log press than anybody there. Mm -hmm. I had done more yoke walks. I had done more exact and in, and in the exact same domains that were necessary to succeed mm -hmm. and that breeds a certain level of confidence sure when you show up to a competition and you stand up to this log you know 300 some pounds mm -hmm. and you go i gotta do this i've done this more than any individual here mm -hmm. that helps yeah that helps your performance because it comes down to that one minute time domain of how many repetitions can you do with this mm -hmm. and if you don't walk up knowing, not thinking that you're going to do okay, yeah. but literally knowing for a mm -hmm. fact 
then you're not going to have the best performance possible. So yeah. I learned that. And that, you know, eventually I was able to do that and replicate that. And I won my pro card. Um, but that was, uh, that actually happened. So I got big and fat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, sort of skipped a part here. Mm-hmm. So I'd worked myself up to 285 pounds. Mm-hmm. I, w- I, you know, I, was, I was tubby. And I remember sitting down in the car and I'd feel my fat roll from my lat go over and, 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 and smash against my love handle. <laughs> and I remember taking my shirt. I was driving up north to Whoa. meet this girl um, that I had actually started dating. And uh, I remember sitting in my car and I was going to drive 14 hours north. I felt that fat roll roll over, and I tucked my shirt in between it. <laughs> I said, I don't want to deal with this right now. And, uh, so, yeah, so I, I drove up, and I started um, dating this girl. Uh, and, you know, I thought this was it. You know, this was, this was going to be it. I'm getting married, have kids, and yeah. this is going to be the one, right? Yeah. It turns out it wasn't the one. Oh. It didn't work out. It and so always always happens it, 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 <laughs> unfortunately yeah um but uh yeah so um that was another point for me mm. where it it things changed mm-hmm. we go through a breakup and it it tore me up mm-hmm. like that was one of the ones especially that, one of the ones where you like believe you yes. actually like let mm-hmm. yourself believe versus mm-hmm. like staying a little bit cautious yeah, it didn't, or didn't protect your heart whatsoever yeah. you just just thrown in any i didn't even know yeah. having i didn't even know the word inhibition back mm-hmm. then it just mm-hmm. just went all right this is it mm-hmm. cashing in right yeah. so at that point uh when broke that was that was brutal on me mm-hmm. and so i had that other i started going through kind of a a depression in a sense. Mm -hmm. And I knew I needed a change because I was sick of my own crap. Sure. Uh, I needed to gain control Mm -hmm. over what was going on in my life. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that I knew that I could do was strong man again, Mm -hmm. but my diet. Mm -hmm. And again, I took my diet very seriously. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, to get up to 285, I didn't just eat like a dump truck. I ate like a bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. I just ate more. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, you know, I'm, yep. I'm blending. Same, same foods, but you're just bumping up the service. Exactly, yeah. B- boiling and blending chicken yep. whenever I had to, mm-hmm. just to get the calories in because yeah. you you feel sick. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so I I cut my calories drastically. It it was super strict on myself, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it, uh, it it fell off. Mm-hmm. The weight just started melting off of me, and at this point, this is really when. I started uh, utilizing that daily undulating periodization, mm-hmm. like, you know, even more seriously. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the course of losing weight from going to 280, from 285, I went down to about 240, okay. 240, 235-ish, right what around you, What do you think your body fat percent, were you like lean oh, at that weight or? No, no yeah. I mean, I thought I was lean. Yeah. I mean, look, look, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I look, it's so funny, man. When you're 285, I remember looking in the mirror mm-hmm. and going... I'm not that bad. <laughs> but then, then it got to a point. Funny how our normal changes. Oh, man, dude. I remember getting out of the shower and, and then just going, don't, don't, don't look at yourself in the mirror over there. Just pretend that it's not happening over yeah, there. You know, yeah. Just grab my towel and I'll look yeah. the other way. Yeah. <laughs> when that happened, 
that's when I knew I had to make the change because yeah. I just I couldn't live with myself anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, so uh, as I began to lose weight, mm. my leverages changed. Mm-hmm. My leverages for deadlifting went back to more what I was used to because I did most of my strength gaining in the 230 to 250, 60 pound range. Mm-hmm. So as I started to lose weight with this higher frequency of training, that's one of the things that helped my deadlift go up. So even while I was in a calorie deficit, mm-hmm. losing weight, my strength started to increase. Because you're getting in a better position. Yes, and mm-hmm. I was constantly adapting to the to the positioning by the development of skill. So it mm-hmm. wasn't like every week I was going in and it felt different mm-hmm. it, because I was doing it so often. Mm-hmm. Every little bit of weight loss that caused a, a change in dimension of my body. Mm-hmm. You're getting I was, I was, three, four sessions at five exactly. sessions. Exactly, so yeah. it just continued to go up. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, so I, this was the pinnacle of my training. Mm-hmm. I was 240, 245, um, and I was implementing and learning all of these, this how to train like I was just explaining to you, and mm-hmm. I met my strongman crew, and we started training. Mm-hmm. We had the most unbelievable training sessions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking just turning on the slipknot, yeah. walking up to the weight, and just, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting goosebumps right now talking. <laughs> I'm serious. And I remember... We we would just we we'd have those songs that would come on yeah and you know those moments oh, in yeah. songs that, those songs that just have that yeah. point where you're like it's the ready set go yeah I had it was the devil and I that yeah. was one of them in Slipknot um, it was Rosetta Stoned by Tool okay oh man at certain <laughs> points you know those parts in the songs that just yeah. emotionally grab you it yeah. might be it might be a a, a a bass drop or something yeah. So that's what we would use as our training fuel. Each sure. of us had our own song. It was like our fight song. Yeah, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Where you just like, it, it's like it, it hits and everything's ready to go. Oh, and it's like, man. it's like that switch turns on and, and you're just, you're invincible. You're like a machine. Yeah, dude. Mm. It, it, it's, it's a mental. And this is something, when I saw you in the gym the other day when we were talking about this, mm-hmm. this is something that it, it, it's uh, very few people ever enter. Mm-hmm is that mental place mm. right it's 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 almost like a higher level of consciousness mm. i don't know how to describe it other yeah. than that it's just literally nothing else exists mm. it's the zone man it, it is but see that's <laughs> the thing is i learned that yeah. that is people that but the problem with the saying the zone is that's overused. Oh, it's so overused. Yeah, but nobody knows what the zone is. I was in the zone, and I didn't even know that's what the zone is. It's yeah. called the zone. Yeah. And Dave Tate calls it the void yeah. because nothing else exists yeah. except the task in front of you. And it's yeah. such a high degree of focus and such a high degree of mental stimulation mm-hmm. where, again, you just know yeah. how it's about to go yeah even if it doesn't go that way yeah even if you do fail the lift mm-hmm. you just know mm-hmm. and that to me is one of the coolest experiences in my life yeah you, and i'll never forget it you don't never. it's it's not something that comes along very often like nope. and it's like it, it, it's like uh you know i like to think of things you know, from like a point of like a biophysiological mm-hmm. kind of point. And I, I, I look at that as like a point where you are physically, everything is aligned, mentally, everything's aligned, your body temperature, your hormones, mm-hmm. your, your, you know, your neuro, you know, the, the 
electromagnetic acti- the electronic activity in your brain like everything is firing emotionally you're in the right mm-hmm. state and just yep. like and it's just like the most optimal fight or flight state where you're like consciously in control but yeah. you're kind of not and it's like oh, that's so cool that's a great way to describe <laughs> it i never really thought of it like that it yeah. really it's a balance and mm. it's it you know i talked to my my dad is a um, a PGA professional mm-hmm. golfer, and he played golf at mm-hmm. the highest levels. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I would talk to him about this, and he said, "Davis, you know, that's what the zone is." Mm-hmm. So, what do you think? He goes, "What do you think I did for twenty years?" Mm-hmm. He said, "That that's how I won golf mm-hmm. tournaments, doing that." And so, it's something that is transcendent upon sport. Mm-hmm. If you're locked in, you're locked in. Mm-hmm. But strength training, I've done several different sports, and several strength training, it's I think the purest form. Mm-hmm. I think it is because it comes down to one moment right yep. now. Yeah. And if you don't do it, yeah, it ain't going to happen. It's like literally if you don't go there. Yeah. It's literally, you don't have any choice. Like mm-hmm. if you want it to actually happen, cause yep. it's literally, you know, and, and that was something that I really found pretty magical about powerlifting mm-hmm. is that you have everything riding on that one tiny little yep. moment. And it's like, exactly you know, that, that was different from CrossFit, whereas CrossFit, there were like some moments like that, but you had, you know, it was almost more of like a survival game throughout the day or the two days or the three days. And you're trying to do good, but it's like, and there's some moments where preservation, yeah, to preserve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like powerlifting, it's like, it's like, dude, if one little wrong thing goes wrong, then like, that's your last 12, 16 weeks of time. Just like, kind of for nothing yeah you know Mm -hmm. for a little bit of something maybe and it's like it's like uh it's like a pure exposure to like the fight or flight response where it's like you you step up to the plate and you execute or you don't and and you know it's interesting to see people perform in the gym and not perform in competition and i Mm -hmm. think that is just a clear they just haven't mastered that yet. Like mm-hmm. maybe, you know, maybe they haven't mastered that kind of pressure handling that kind of moment right. where mm-hmm. they can just, you know, where it's like, all right, like some people, they get nervous about that. They get afraid of that. Some people, it just like they rise to the occasion and that mm-hmm. makes them kind of feel alive and it brings out the best competitor mm-hmm. in them. Well, and you know what? You can always tell, maybe not always, most of the time, mm-hmm. you can tell when somebody doesn't get it Mm -hmm. when somebody doesn't have that mindset Mm -hmm. and usually when i see somebody in the gym Mm -hmm. i see it expressed in fake anger Mm -hmm. where they it's like they're yelling and they're walking around their pace and i'm like you're gonna fail this lift i'm watching from (laughs) i'm like you're gonna fail i can see it yeah if you watch the biggest lifts ever Mm -hmm. they don't those guys are not sitting there and just raging. No. It's, it's, an, it's not an external rage. Yeah. It's an internal rage. Sure. If you watch uh, Zadruna Civicus or mm-hmm. Eddie Hall mm-hmm. before their biggest lifts, yeah. they don't, know, nothing's going on around them. Nothing. And it is just, you can see it. They've, they, have, they have gone, they've checked out. Like they're no longer present. Yeah. I mean, in their personality, it is just, you can see it in their eyes. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's something that, it's only something that can be recognized by individuals that have been there, yep. you know? And, uh, that, that was one of my favorite things mm. about training. But again, it's, it's like, it's like a cat, man. Yeah. You, you, you can't force it. It's yeah. either there or it's not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that was, that was something that I, I always looked forward to in my training. And when I found myself mm-hmm. there, I was very, very thankful for it. And mm-hmm. I leave the sessions more satisfied and fulfilled than ever after oh, yeah. those kinds. Oh Yeah. 
Um, but at this point, we were training at uh, Broward Barbell Center, mm-hmm. right down the road, actually, a mile. And uh, we were training. It's, it's pretty funny. I'll actually bring this up. It's a funny little story. You're about, just for context, you're yeah. still, you're like 230 to 250 right now. Yeah, it, yeah, it was 240-ish. What, yeah. was, what was your deadlift now at this point? Uh, oh, funny. It was 805 pounds. Okay. Yeah. So I had just uh, gotten to, to 805. Mm-hmm. I had my buddies come up to the FAU gym for this one. <laughs> and because it was the first place that I ever did my first deadlift with the knee wraps on. Yeah. I wanted to go back there and do my first 800. Because at this point, 800 pounds, that was, that was the mark, man. Yeah. That I mean, was the mark. That's, that's, that's a pretty significant lifetime achievement it is. for anyone. It is. At, at any point in time. It is. And um, any weight class, really, either. Is. So we all came up, and, you know, it was just, it was just, it was like magical, man. Like mm-hmm. every. Everybody was standing around people that didn't even know who I was. They were mm-hmm. coming around and standing in this circle around me in the gym. How do you, you have kilo plates? No. How do no. you fit that? Can you fit 800 on the tape. board? You put tape on there. With. Hold it on. N- with <laughs> you, right? Because I know you can fit seven on, but seven's only 675, so then you have to put eight on. We taped them. We taped the weight uh, to the edges. 765 plus 25s. Mm, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm, it was. Uh, uh, well, no, yeah, oh, no, maybe t- like 10, 10 and a five, 10, yeah. 10 and a five. I don't know. Don't make me do bar math right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, so my buddies came up and, you know, we, they watched me. We, I finally did it and, uh, yeah, everybody cheered and this, that, and the other. We left and we went to an all you can eat buffet, which mm-hmm. was a part of the weekly routine. Sure. You know, two mm-hmm. or three of those. We were the buffet yeah. kings of the area i mean they knew <laughs> us they said oh those sobs have come back here uh put, oh, tell them that we're running out you yeah, know like yeah, the ribs and stuff so yeah. that was i mean dude i built this such this amazing friendship and relationship with all of my friends mm-hmm. um you know through strength training mm-hmm. and it's like a crew that you roll with yeah, yeah. and you know it's it's uh it's something that i'll never forget. i'm still friends lifetime friends with mm-hmm. all these people i'm sure uh, you know, to one extent or another. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was the pinnacle of my strength training. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was really at this time, this is, I was training down at, um, I had just, uh, I think I had just gone pro. I think I had just gone pro. Uh-huh. Don't quote me on that. I don't okay. remember the exact time, yeah, yeah. but I'm training in Broward Barbell Center. It's this small little gym. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and your back this whole time is oh, still good to go. back was gravy, man, dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. The buffets, you know, deadlifts. Mm-hmm. Life was shiny and awesome everything mm-hmm. was great <laughs> and uh so these two people walk into the gym one night late one night we're training mm-hmm. and we're in the middle of the devil and i you know time frame where we got that just <laughs> that song's going in the gym Good times. nobody else is in there yeah it's just me my buddy and like one other dude that is like i don't know why he was even in there he should <laughs> probably should have been somewhere else because he was probably looking at us like the hell have i walked into um <laughs> these two people walk in yeah i'm looking at them i start talking to him this like, little camera crew is and this is in 2016 and i'm like well what's your name she was i'm steffi Cone. <laughs> oh, nice, nice to meet you. I was like, oh, what gym was it? Broward Barbell Center. Okay, it was this nail salon that had been. You know, it was supposed to be a nail salon, yeah. and it probably was in the past. And it was this little storefront, and it was painted yellow on the inside. Yeah, uh, an, an unappealing looking yellow color at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, my buddy, one of my friends, actually bought the, rented the place out and put a little powerlifting gym in there and mm-hmm. we were kind of like the resident 
people. Mm-hmm. Right? It was yep, our spot. Yep, yep, yep. And I believe at this time, Steffi and Hayden were mm-hmm. sort of just starting their social media push. Nobody knew who they were. Mm-hmm. At least I didn't know who they were. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they, I guess they were touring around and they were trying to go train at places and just get cool footage of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching it and being like, they got a camera crew? Like, <laughs> I want that. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I think that's freaking awesome. Oh, yeah, and I was yeah. like, so what are you guys doing? They're like, oh, well, you know, we're sitting here, we're, we're, you know, we're filming some stuff for our new business and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, cool. And so they did some filming with me, and I remember mm-hmm. hitting her up and bugging her for the footage that I was in. I was like, hey, can I have some of this stuff? I mean, I, I need something for my social media. <laughs> you know, and so, and, and so that was cool. And They give it to you? Yeah. Okay. No, eventually I did get it. I did get it. I did get it. It took a while, but I remember yeah. I got it and I was like, yes, I got this footage. So cool. But anyways, it left an impression on me yeah. because I was sitting there. I was like, this is cool. And I saw what it turned into. I was like, yeah. dang, I, I, I'd like to do that myself, yeah. you know? And, uh, and that's kind of in the position where I'm in now. Yeah. Um, but that was where I am now. You know, I had a whole CrossFit phase and yeah. so forth where, you know, that was a whole other thing. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, that's kind of my story in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the CrossFit thing, that's a whole other ball game. Did you, did you not like it? Whew. <laughs> man. All right. So. Did it test you in some different ways? Yeah. Like, so, I mean, look, I guess I'll just tell you the story here real quick. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't care. I mean, look, what's a podcast? It's yeah, just yeah. telling stories. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that's usually the best way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Anyways, my back started acting up again uh-huh. in Strongman, and I was prepping for a show, uh, you know, my first pro show uh-huh. that I wanted it to be. I wanted to do America's Strongest Man. Yeah. And uh, there was another competition, Pennsylvania's Strongest Man, and I was going to do these two competitions. They were going to be my sort of my unveiling of here I am, yeah. right? And, um, um, and, and again, I started thinking, I'm ready for that tee-off moment mm-hmm. because I finally became a pro. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if I can become a pro, mm-hmm. naturally, I'm going to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. okay. And that was the moment. Then my back started acting up again. Mm-hmm. And I remember I did a block press. Just, did- just, just picked up a weight, mm-hmm. bent back too far. That spot, it happened again. Huh. Yeah. Same thing. And it, it was the first time that I felt that spot yeah. since I had healed. Yeah. And I was like, good gosh. Well, and it, and it had been years. Yeah, it had been years. Damn. Years. I mean, my back it, my back was like a spine of steel at that point yeah. until it wasn't. Yeah. And, you know, so I was like, okay, two years. Because the first time it took me two years to recover. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, two years. It'll be two years. Mm-hmm. I'll wait it out. I'll approach it the exact same way I did the first time. Yeah. And I'll be gravy. Mm-hmm. Well, two years rolls around. I'm still kind of fat. You know, in the gym, I'm working like a dog bodybuilding. Yeah. Like, I'm just trying to build as much strength and muscle as mm-hmm. I can. Two years old around my back didn't recover. Hmm. And so I just, I started really getting frustrated. Yeah. Like, maybe this isn't going to happen. You know, maybe I'm not going to be able to do this. So I started actually having doubt, which was not like me. Yeah. And I remember going and training at my buddy's place. Mm-hmm. My strongman crew, mm-hmm. they were still training. They were training for ISOs and strongest man, you know, mm-hmm. training, you know, co-competing against Half Thor and all those guys. Mm-hmm. They were training, and my buddy that I hadn't seen in a long time, who was one of the strongmen, he rolls around. I hadn't seen him in like six months, and he was shredded. He was ripped to the bone, <laughs> and he was fatter than I was. Yeah. And at this point, I was like 250, 260. At this yeah. point, I'd gotten a little bit heavier. Yeah. And I go, what did you do? <laughs> you have 
abs? Yeah. You have veins? You're 200 pounds? You were 270? What? Yeah. CrossFit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, CrossFit? He goes, yeah, man. It's the most fun thing I've ever done. <laughs> I'm like, all right. So he said, hmm. Davis, go home and watch Froning. It's on Netflix. <laughs> I went home. I watched it. And I remember watching. You watched it. the propaganda, dude. <laughs> it's I so good, it, dude. I bought in. It's oh, so good, man. And I remember literally sitting there because I was at this point. I was searching for that goal again. Yeah, you needed. Remember, I was thing. telling. I needed my thing because yeah. this back thing and this strongman thing wasn't working out at this point. Yeah. And so I watched it, and I saw them deadlifting four hundred five, and I saw them. It was a four hundred five deadlift and. A kettlebell pistol squat uh, event. I don't know what it was, what year yeah. it was it was, but I remember watching it and go, I can do that. Yeah. And literally at that moment, I decided that's what I'm going to do. If I can't be the strongest man in the world, I'm going to be the fittest man in the world. Like I knew. like three reps at four or five. Man, yeah, <laughs> who cares? Three reps. I mean, dude, I did it for whatever, and you yeah. know, all I can I can do a pistol squat. Fine, yeah. two sixty. So literally that night, I remember. I went out and I ran a mile. Yeah, I knew I was like, the first thing I got to do, I need to start getting used to running. And I'm going to start now, like right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to cut weight. And I went and I ran a mile. I remember, dude, I remember running. And I well, got at least you didn't wait till Monday. And <laughs> <laughs> then it may have never, would have yeah. never happened. At least you didn't wait till uh, January 1st. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I remember, I remember getting three quarters of the way through that mile. Mm. My shins were burning. Did you cramp? Dude, I remember just like huffing and puffing, hoofing and poofing it all the way. I was like, <laughs> just like my back was bent over. I had the worst running posture ever. And uh, I find I was just drenched in sweat. And uh, and I decided that I was just, I was going to do whatever it took because yeah. I needed that thing. And so I spent a year doing it. I competed and I did the first open. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the first time I did it was the, uh, you'll probably remember this one. It was the ski, excuse me, yeah, the row mm-hmm. and the wall balls. Back okay. and forth, row, wall balls, row, what, what wall balls. What year? Do you remember what year? 2018, okay. 19. I, I don't, I forget. It is the last blur. open I did was 2017. Okay, all right. So you didn't, you didn't do the one that I'm talking about. Mm. Um, and I did well in it. I mean, I got, for a while, it was like top thousand in the world mm-hmm. for that event because mm-hmm. I didn't know that I was built for it. But anyways, look, long story short, I ate, slept, breathed crossfit i was more dedicated to that Mm -hmm. in a time sense than i was even strongman i was trained full time Mm -hmm. seven hours a day i mean i I, I remember looking you know you know it literally just becomes your life it's not a part of your life it is your life yeah you're going you're going to the gym hitting these things go home eat come back hit these other things go home exactly your uh your off day isn't really an off day i go to the pool swim (laughs) two three thousand four thousand meters yeah dude i remember my body started fighting back Mm-hmm. I started getting like, I get allergies, sneezing yeah, sure. as I was overtraining. Yeah, to the point where my body was literally fighting back. What weight I, were you? I was two hundred. Okay, because I, I wanted to be right around there, fighting yeah. weight one ninety five. That's a 200. good weight. Because yeah, I mean, you know what I did? I thought I looked at myself. And I was like, because I was a smart competitor at this mm-hmm. point. I had all these years of strongman. Mm-hmm. I remember looking, and I remember looking at Frazier, mm-hmm. Froning. All the top guys who had won, and I took their height, Mm -hmm. and I said, okay, how tall are they, and how much do they weigh? And I Mm -hmm. divided their height by their weight. Mm -hmm. For every every inch, they have this many pounds Mm -hmm. on their body, and I put myself right there. 
Yeah. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. I knew that's all I had to do. Yep. So um, I, I, I treated it like a job. Woke up, morning cardio for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. My long-form conditioning went home, ate, went back to the gym, did my weightlifting, some more intense <laughs> Metcon work at the end of that, mm-hmm. and then went home, stretched, it did whatever, and it was just all-consuming. Mm-hmm. All-consuming. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's what it is at that level. Mm-hmm. I mean, that for, for me, whenever I was at yeah. that phase, yeah. I, I found, like, it's really easy to make it like that. Because you went to the games. Yeah, two years, yeah, oh, dude, 16, 17. So awesome, um, Gosh, but that's so cool. The, 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 the funny thing with me was that I actually had, like, two phases. When I was in my early 20s, I well, got you did it. CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I did CrossFit in my early 20s. Uh-huh. Um, I actually... I did it for the first time in like maybe, well, I went to college and I had this thing because I probably could have gone to college for Mm -hmm. like a sport at like a shitty school or something. Yeah. But I I was going to go to school for medicine, ended up doing that. And then I I moved from Gainesville to Jacksonville and I Mm -hmm. like needed a, I needed a thing, you know, I was like, all right, either I'm going to do like MMA or I'm going to do, you know, CrossFit or whatever. I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do something like individual because there wasn't. Like in terms of avenues for competition, yeah. you know, outside of team sports, there was only so many things you could do. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up like doing a CrossFit workout. I think I did Fran and like all of the cool, like I did it with like 25 pound metal plates. Like I re-racked the bar and everything in the squat rack, like you can drop it. because so I was at a normal gym that didn't have bumper yeah. plates and I did it <laughs> and like I was kind of circuit training and lifting weights and doing supersets and I did it. And the first time I did it, yeah. my time was like two and a half minutes. And I was like, I was <laughs> That's like, pretty good. yeah, I was like, it was like two twenty six or two thirty or something like that. Yeah. And my pull-up form was shit. And I remember like watching the, the YouTube uh, it was like Chris Spieler. He was like the cool guy back then. And, um, he did it in like around the same time, mm-hmm. or I think maybe I beat his time or something. Like, I knew think, that's when you knew. Yeah. And I was like, Oh shit. Like I'm not even training for this. And I was like, so if I train for this, I'll probably get even better. Yeah. And, um, and I did that, but like early twenties for me, I, I linked up with a gym in Jacksonville where I was living and was training with a group of guys there who were pretty good competitors. Mm-hmm. And from like 21 to like 24, I did, that was when like the local competition scene was blowing up. And Mm -hmm. I think that was like during the CrossFit's heyday, like 2013 to 2015, 2016, when like Froning was the man and all that. And, um, and I was doing so many local competitions. I would literally compete like three weekends in a row. And, um, and like I was training, so like, you know, training hard and like, you can tolerate quite a bit of volume at all those loads. They're mm-hmm. all super light, submaximal. And I was doing well, I was podiuming, you know, pretty much almost every competition I would go to, except for like the big ones, like Wadapalooza. Yeah. I would usually be like top 10 in those. Dude, that's so cool. And it was fun, man. And then, um, and then I graduated, uh, college worked a year as a night nurse nursing and didn't do anything for that year and basically disappeared Mm -hmm. from the competition scene and kind of like you know had my own little like fall away from competition Mm -hmm. whatever just lifted weights for a year and then came back got approached by the the team to to join them for a games run and then made a comeback and then went to the games two years which was cool because there was sort of like a like you know, the gym that I left in Jacksonville, they're kind of end up being kind of sketchy and right. like, they like 
booted me from the team one year Mm -hmm. because like whatever they said i wasn't committed but i was it was this weird little drama and i was like i'm like the most committed guy yeah (laughs) and uh yeah and 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 so like you know they all never ended up going to the games and then i came back and go to the like i thought my best crossfit days were behind me lo and behold they were ahead of me that's so cool yeah i I bet you honestly i remember sitting there going like dang man like i just want to go i just want to get there Mm -hmm. and then it started to set in with me. Like, mm. you know, I started to have some doubt because mm. I, I reached a point where I wasn't progressing quite like I thought that yeah. I should. Or there were like maybe movements that were just like... Just you, weren't happening. Yeah. It's like exactly you would right. work really fucking hard at it, but it's still, you weren't where you need to be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It went, for me, it was snatches mm. um, and it was uh, um, muscle ups. Uh-huh. And I could do muscle ups on rings. Yeah. I could beast myself up there sure, with yeah. my requisite strength that I had mm-hmm. um, with a little bit less worry about technique. Mm-hmm. But when it came to bar muscle ups, mm-hmm. I didn't have that light, nimble gymnast yeah. style of training yeah. uh, and, and ability. And so that's when I started, started there was that seed of doubt that was mm-hmm. planted and then my back went again. Oh, shit. Doing handstand walks. Okay. And at that point, I was sort of exhausted. I had so many overuse injuries and mm. fracture on my foot. It's just mm-hmm. once I had, you know, shoulder things. This yeah. And now my back, and I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. You, I'm well, done. You, you're, you're, you knew, you as an athlete, having mm-hmm. been an experienced athlete, you know all of the ducks that need to be in a row yeah. to compete at a high level, yep. and enough of those were not where they needed to be mm-hmm. that you made that call that the goal became what seemed realistic became unrealistic because you couldn't even do the things necessary to. Yeah. And you know what the thing is, is I'm sure you can identify with this Mm -hmm. though, is that, you know what? I look back at it so fondly, as I Mm -hmm. was saying, I'm very thankful for it Mm -hmm. because, you know, I pushed myself, even though it didn't, it didn't necessarily amount to anything in the end. Mm -hmm. I pushed myself so hard Mm -hmm. and I know I will die knowing I was not meant to be mm-hmm. the fittest man in the world. Sure, in yeah. cro- I will die knowing that that just was not in mm-hmm. the cards for me. There's no question yeah. that uh, it wasn't. It's the same thing with me kind of in strongman and so forth. Mm-hmm. So that sort of led my journey into sort of where I am now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, I was working with this girl. This I, I wanted to be big in business. Like I mm-hmm. told you, like I was, I saw what Steffi and Hayden had mm-hmm. done and it left an impression on me. Sure. I'd seen her over here with hybrid mm-hmm. and Hayden over here with hybrid. And then I saw, you know, Mark Bell doing his thing over yep. here mm-hmm. and you know, all these different people. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I, I saw, um, uh, you know, Eddie, um, Louis Simmons with West mm-hmm. side and all that. I saw all yep. these people. I'm like, okay, I want to do this pretty powerful branding and message and yes, content. And, and, but I didn't, I didn't have it. No, no, what am I to do? I'm not, I'm not a strong man anymore. No, yeah. I don't do anything notable. I'm just, yeah. a, I don't even do CrossFit anymore. What yeah. am I to do? Nobody follows me. Yeah. I mean, who cares? What, how am I supposed to do this? Yeah. Like so, what, what is going to, you have that talk with yourself for like, what is going to make people latch on to me and my brand? And like, yeah, what am I about? What is my message? Like mm-hmm. that? I think that's, from a business stand, it's almost like a sports team in a way. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. what's going to make people like you, identify you? What are those intangible things? I mean, like, you know, Mar- like, Mark has, you know, he has, he's kind of almost like a cult figure at this point because Chris made the, the documentaries that he was in. That, yeah, you know, I a remember lot of people, watching those, yeah. You know, and those are classics by at this point. Like, mm-hmm. 
that that's like the OG steroid documentary. Yeah. And and like, you know Bigger, stronger, faster. Mm-hmm. And and now now Mark's just like shredded and he's you know, the the power of that branding, he's been around long enough and like, you know, they have their gym mm-hmm. and super training and stuff and it's like Yeah, hey, he's like he's like the Don of the mm-hmm. of the strength world. You know, yeah. you go out there, you kiss the ring, you know, you get mm-hmm. some stuff out there, you know, he's he, but he's honestly he's, he seems like a nice and humble yeah. guy. I've never met him. I don't know anything about yeah. him other mm-hmm. than that. But I mean it that's generally for a long time that's what people did is mm-hmm. they it was such a powerful brand that they would go out there and yeah. get some stuff out there. And yeah. I, I'm, I don't want to speak it in past tense. I really don't know what he's up to now. Yeah. Um, you know, he very well may be still doing incredible. I have no idea. He's just, he's shredded now. Yeah. He's just really, really lean now. Oh and gosh. just like, I mean, I think his general message now is just like, you know, pretty similar to a lot of people's yeah. like, be the best version of yourself. Yeah. Don't yeah. quit kind of thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's good. Um, so, I mean, uh, at this point, you know, I'm dating this other girl, mm-hmm. and uh, things were not working out, man. Mm-hmm. Not at all. They were working out very poorly, <laughs> very poorly. <laughs> and so that uh, that ended, mm-hmm. and uh, it sent me into another, okay, I need to buckle down, mm-hmm. and I need to focus on what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I started working with this other girl, working with her. I met her in the gym. She was this Instagram fitness mm-hmm. model. I'd seen her. I was like, what the heck is this girl's deal? Like, mm-hmm. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She doesn't know what she's mm-hmm. doing. Anyways, I got to know her, and she became one of my athletes. She mm-hmm. wanted to get strong. Started working with her, and we actually started a business together. Mm-hmm. But she's the one with you know three hundred fifty thousand. At this point, I don't know. Maybe it was one hundred fifty, and it grew up to three hundred, almost four hundred thousand mm-hmm. followers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So she's the one who's got all the eyes and so forth, mm-hmm. and she deserves it. She's very smart. Mm-hmm. She is. She knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And she is very, very good at social media. Mm-hmm. So we formed this business. Okay, I've got the brains of how to train, how to mm-hmm. program and so sure. forth yep. because I've been coaching people for so long. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can I can work with you and we can build this thing together mm-hmm. riding off of your, you know, popularity mm-hmm. and your, you know, your reputation. And so I built this business. And it uh, it launched, and we were training. It's primarily focused on training women mm-hmm. in a, in a training app and so forth. And uh, so I was filming her I was working for a year like a dog man. I was working. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was taking videos. I built everything from behind the scenes. I was taking videos, editing the videos, putting together the fitness app, putting together everything. And then it, uh, we launched it, and it went out there. And so I just I worked so many hours just getting everything perfect. Mm-hmm. And then, randomly, she took a video of me, and it was me just messing around in the gym doing a trap bar overhead press, mm-hmm. right? And I was out late one night, walking, doing my nightly walk, and I thought to myself, man, I'm going to post this. I'm going to post it on TikTok. <laughs> I'm, gonna post it. I'm just going to do it. This was in the middle of Tiger King days, right? Yeah. You know, everybody's watching. So I posted it, and I didn't think anything of it. I woke up the next day. There's a little voice in the back of my head that's going, hey, check your TikTok. <laughs> and I'm going to have this coffee right now. Yeah. Hey, check your TikTok. And I'm like, all right, fine. I went, I looked at it. It had millions of views <laughs> in one night. And I'm like, what, what the heck? is going on that's insane yeah it's insane (laughs) and i had like thousands of followers i'm like what is what is happening right now and so i saw this as my opportunity Uh and i said i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do it i'm gonna get all of the information that i've accumulated Uh over these years out to these people yeah because the state i don't know if you're on tiktok Uh the state of fitness tiktok it 
it's it's disgusting. It's ridiculous. It, it makes Instagram look pretty good in certain ways. Nah, I mean, sure. No, I mean, I just the, the amount... The people who are successful in delivering information on Instagram are not on TikTok. Mm -hmm. They're just not. You see guys who have really good information, they come out, they don't get views. They don't get anything. You know, the people who have been popular in the past are no longer popular on at least at that platform. Mm -hmm. They have not figured, they have not cracked the code mm -hmm. in order to be, grow and become popular there. Mm -hmm. Um, so well, that's Instagram, the algorithms changed and it's like, it it's is. almost based on your connections and ability to collaborate more yep. than actually ability to put out good content. Yeah. It's very different. Yeah. It's very different. It's a completely different platform, but I don't think people have really figured out yet, uh, that you, that you need to respect that platform and treat it differently. TikTok versus, uh, something like Instagram, because I've been able to grow my business. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I, it's changed my life. Yeah. You know, it really has in the past six months. I, I mean, I never thought I'd be in the position that I'm in now. Yeah. You know, I've started um, making these videos and putting it out there. People have become fans and so forth, which mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for. And I've started, like I was saying, I was working with that girl building her app. I applied it to my own app and I'm running it exactly how I want to do it. Mm -hmm. And the amount of people that have filtered into it. Uh, it's called my lift. Mm -hmm. Okay. And for anybody out there, a little product spot, you just go <laughs> to my website, myliftfitness.com, mm -hmm. and you'll be able to uh, sign up through that. You can't download the app in the app store. You mm -hmm. have to actually go to my website to do it. Okay. Um, and it's actually a reflection of my training mm -hmm. every single week because I want, I want to deliver to people the best. Yep. And if I'm not doing it, do I really think it's the best? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. So therefore, every single thing that I put into my app is what I do throughout the week with some adjustments based mm -hmm. on skill levels for different people. Sure. You know, because you can't have a beginner doing every single, you know, repetition that I do. It's just mm -hmm. insane because I've been doing all this volume for all these years. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I started that app, MyLift, and it is, uh, it's, it's, it's been a very stressful uh, a few couple months, mm -hmm. but I'm now getting to the point where things are starting to stabilize. Things are starting to stabilize and I'm starting to get to the point where I'm going to become more efficient. Mm -hmm. I've got a crew that I'm working with now that I'm building a team mm -hmm. and where we're going to do it as well as it can be done. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where I currently am. And I'm very thankful to be in this position. That's sick, man. You yeah. know, it's funny you mentioned that because I'm like hanging out in Fort Lauderdale and talk to some people mm -hmm. here. Like I haven't yet done anything on TikTok, yeah and i've kind of been staying away from it because it ha there's a stigma associated with it's it all these young people doing dance videos and stuff but it's like it's but it's not anymore like no. maybe it started as that mm -hmm. but it's not anymore sort of like how only fans there's a stigma associated with that that's just like nude stuff but yeah. like you can also use it for whatever else and it's like man if a platform's a platform yeah. you know if eyes are there and people are using it then you know and you can and you understand how to use it then and like you're actually getting organic views versus having to pay for it like i think tiktok now is what instagram used to be mm -hmm. and it was so much easier to grow a following on instagram like you know three four years ago right and i think tiktok's in that phase now it's it's funny to hear you talk about oh, like man. your viral video experience oh my gosh dude and honestly you know you're you've i've known of you for quite a long period of time mm -hmm. um i remember seeing your stuff you know those like this guy's very popular on instagram mm -hmm. a lot of people follow him listen to him he's got mm -hmm. good information and so forth and 
I, uh, you know, I was looking at it from that standpoint of Instagram is everything, mm -hmm. right? But I go over to TikTok now, and, and it, it's like the wild, wild west. Yeah. Again, people have not yet figured out just what it takes to be successful on there. Mm -hmm. I stumbled into it, mm -hmm. and I'm thankful I did, mm -hmm. because I've learned that there are certain principles that make you successful on that platform mm -hmm. versus Look, you see Instagram now, they're, they've got TikTok on there. Yeah. They've got their own version, Reels. YouTube, ditto. But, yeah. They both have a copy of TikTok mm -hmm. because it is just a form of delivering media to people. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. And so you, I, I just don't, I, I think it's just caused a shift. Mm -hmm. It's caused a shift in what it takes to be successful as a mm -hmm. fitness influencer, yeah. if you want to be, sure. whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. It's definitely changed the game. The game of fitness influencing has changed it's, right before our very eyes. It's, well, it's digital personal training. Mm -hmm. is, is, you know, it's digital personal training, and for someone like you or someone like me, you know, mm -hmm. we have 10, 15 plus years of experience. I think that's that's probably one of the things that I struggle with the most is mm -hmm. I feel like I'm at this point I've been doing this for a little while now. Yeah. I've had my skin in the game for a little while now, you mm -hmm. know, unintentionally for the most part, you know, right. just kind of where I ended up. And like in terms of content creation, it's like, I feel like it's hard for me to generate novel ideas because I've made so many posts and I've said so much stuff. And it's like, you know, I feel like everyone has already done everything. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like, I feel almost like and stuff that's basic to me while it's not basic to other people, like it still feels basic to me. And I'm like, yeah, that's going to do shitty, you know? And it, yeah. but it's like, probably wouldn't, but it's well, like, here's what I've, I, I understood. <laughs> I, I mean, look, I get down, I vibe with that, bro. Yeah. like I really, because really, because the basics are the things that work, but the yeah. problem with fitness influencing is that it's been said so many times because there's only one truth to matter to the matter. Yeah. What are you going to do in order to separate yourself? Yeah. And that is exactly what I have been trying to do. Mm. And it comes down. It's really just delivering all the basic how, stuff that works in a you, unique way. How do you deliver it? Yeah. What's your delivery mechanism? Mm -hmm. Is it going to be something that catches people's eye? Mm. Is it going to be something that really is genuine, genuinely good information? Mm. And so that is what TikTok has unlocked. Mm -hmm. It's a new style of platform that demands certain things in order to be successful. Mm -hmm. Voila, there's a new thing. Mm -hmm. There's a new way to deliver it. Instead of just an Instagram swipe post that has a bunch of text for people to read. Mm -hmm. gonna read Dude, I mean, like, I'll give you an example here. I don't know how if you've seen my videos or mm -hmm. anything. They're different. Mm -hmm. They're different than Instagram fitness bodybuilding. They, I remember watching these videos of people, and before TikTok happened, right, I was like, I want to do that. Like, I want these likes and these mm -hmm. followers because I want to help people and mm -hmm. grow my business, and I want I want to be in this influencing game because mm -hmm. I've got something to say. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got 15 years here. I'm mm -hmm. not chopped liver. Like, yeah, I, sure. I have something interesting to say and bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And I watched, the, especially in the bodybuilding realm, not the performance realm, the bodybuilding sure. realm. I remember watching this dude. He picked up these dumbbells, 40 pounds, 30 pounds, whatever, bigger than me, a lot more muscle. Mm -hmm. He does one or two repetitions, and he's already yelling with a lunge. <laughs> and I'm like, this is so fake. Yeah. It's so fake. Like, I, and it disgusts me. Because I come, they come from the performance realm, the strength training realm. Yeah. 
you have to be real. Yeah. I mean, if you're not real, the weight ain't going to come off of the ground off itself, mm -hmm. you know, by itself. You have to do it. Mm -hmm. And so the thing that's different about my videos is it's real, raw effort. I don't fake it because I can't. Mm -hmm. I, it's not in me to fake. I can't. Yeah. If I'm doing it, I have to do it 100%. Of course. And, and I, want, I want to impart to people, this is one thing that we were talking about in the gym, mm -hmm. what it really takes. Mm -hmm. And it takes everything. Mm -hmm. It takes just the pinnacle of effort if you want to reach your best. Yeah. Hundred percent, and uh, that's just one thing that I want to convey in the videos that I want that I that I make is just I want people to see what it's really like. And yeah. I've had so many people reach out to me, man, that are just like you motivate your videos. I don't necessarily do everything in the videos, but they motivate me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, really? Like seriously? Like that's awesome. Yeah. And so I'm again, I'm dude. I'm just I'm so thankful to be doing what I'm doing and in this position because I feel. I feel just like I felt when I was doing strongman, mm -hmm. when I was doing those deadlifts mm -hmm. in the gym with the knee wraps on. I felt opportunity at my fingertips, mm -hmm. and I feel that now. Yeah, where it's just all right, let's freaking go, and that's what I'm doing. That's one of the things I've been thankful to be here with yeah. you. I never oh, thought yeah. that I'd be doing a a podcast with you. Yeah, yeah I never for sure. did. So yeah, that's all I can say. I'm a happy camper. That's sick, man. That's sick. Well, I think that's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty good spot that we can close yeah, out this episode. Yeah. Um, hope you guys enjoy it. Listening, uh, Davis Diley, uh, Davis, Davis dot Diley on that's Instagram. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that's D I L E Y. Okay. Yeah. Davis <laughs> D I L E Y. Hell yeah, man. Well, um, I think you have a training session to go kick some ass at yeah, and, absolutely, uh, brother. send you all the, all the best wishes on that one. Thanks guys. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, uh, like share, subscribe, please feel free to, uh, post on your Instagram, TikTok, whatever tag, uh, tag both of us, uh, myself, uh, at Ian, the Rhino at fortitude sports performance, uh, at Davis dot and, um, talk to you guys soon.